to the pod. You're here with Reggie and Xavier, your host, and this is Sometimes You're the Frog. Shayla, first of all, very honored and grateful to have you here. Um, we've been familiarizing ourselves with your work over the past couple of days, and well, Reggie's more familiar with your work. I saw your rock self-portrait at Roots and Culture, and that was my first gateway into the world of, you know, just multifaceted, niche, <laughs> specific, like, just super grateful to have you on with us. Thank you. And I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for asking me to, to come along. Of course. And then, like, before we, like, jump in, I guess just, like, basic our own questions, like, for the people that aren't familiar with you, like, I guess if you could give a little um, background about who you are, how would you like to be referred to, what your pronouns are, and currently where you're, like, based on what you're doing um, before we... Yeah. Dive into the work, yeah. So my given name is Shayla Miller. Um, but I also go by Freddie June. I came up with Freddie June um, mainly as a, a pseudonym for my music practice. Um, but in the recent, like in the past year, I've been um, coming into my new understanding of my um, gender expression and, and have realized that I'm gender queer and I'm still, um, figuring out exactly what that means for me. And I'm okay with not knowing exactly what it means. Um, so I go by Freddie and Shayla now. Um, and so my pronouns are they and she used interchangeably. Um, and I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio in the suburbs. Um, I met Reggie in Chicago, we went to school together. And then after I graduated, I moved here to Brooklyn. Um, so I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and my work um, in terms of disciplines, I, I um, my like anchor is photography. It's kind of like what, um, or having a photo practice is what um, brought me to realizing that I wanted to be an artist. Um, and so photography and then also video, video installation. Um, I'm trying to transition into more traditional narrative filmmaking at some point. Um, and then I also um, am trying to do more performance. So I, I um, act in my videos um, and I'm a singer too. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, Pretty much. So you you mentioned that you um you kind of have a baseline for photography. Mm -hmm. I want to ask more about just your childhood relationship to photography, kind of like what's your relationship to images you know, as a whole, because you kind of have different fields that you're tackling as well. Yeah. So I remember I was in maybe seventh grade, and um, my mother had gotten a like really clunk like huge um digital point and shoot camera with her printer that like her job um gave her um and um she never used it but then my sister had found it and it was one of those digital cameras where the screen flipped out um and so my sister started using it to take 
selfies for MySpace. And then I was like, oh, I want to do that. And so I started using it too. And I was in, like painfully shy. So I don't really have friends to take pictures of. And um, so I would just take pictures of myself. And my sister also had downloaded like a bootleg Photoshop where you could edit images. And like, I figured out how to put text on top of the images. And so um, I started like being, you know, corny shit, like putting Bell and Sebastian lyrics <laughs> on portrait and making it blue. Yeah, growing pains, growing pains. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, but that's kind of started my interest in combining text and image. And at first, my ref, my immediate references were like fashion magazines. And um, I really was obsessed with Nylon magazine when I was like eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, and then the world of like blogs and specifically Tumblr introduced me to um, other people my age who were also working with photography and um, I really, I like learned so much about um, image making from like, you know, people who were in my immediate community, but in my like online community, the folks would either post their own work or post about other photographers that I had never heard about. Um, so that really kind of started the beginning of my education. So it, you know, it started as like a intrigue of graphic design, like combining image and text, but then kind of transitioned into a more like mm, traditional documentary space, I guess. And I started to um, take images or portraits of my, my mother and my father. And that kind of started my obsession with having an archive of um, my parents. Um, and then from there... Um, just to pause you for a second, I, this yeah. is kind of like super... I guess it could be kind of a trail, but I'm curious about just your, how do you, I guess, categorize work surrounding family members? Is that still work to you? Like, like, and um, when I say work, I'm kind of mean like, like body of work and not like job, because I know there's yeah. like that. But mm -hmm. can you just kind of talk about that? Sorry if that's like a weird place to stop. It's not a, no, it's not weird at all. It's a good question because I think um, here recently, I had realized, like in the past um, year and a half, I had realized that I was really dismissing that practice of like taking portraits of my my family, um, specifically my mother and my father. And cause I just would do, I just did it obsessively without thinking. And um, it was so personal to me and I didn't really like, it's not to say that I didn't think that the images were interesting to look at, but I just didn't really, it didn't cross my mind to think of it as like work to show other people. And um, I don't know, I guess in the past few years, as I like have pieced together um, this body of work that I was, yeah, I don't know, just trying to make sense of, I had realized that it was all connected, like the portraits I was taking of my parents, the music that I was making, the writing that I was doing, like it was all, all of it was the, was the work um, and all of it was important. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I, I guess um, specifically like taking portraits of my, my mom and dad um, 
really helped me learn how to um, be a sensitive image maker, I guess, and approach it with empathy because I had always worried about like, um, you know, it was so important for me to have images of them, just to have something to hold on to. Um, and you mean like sensitive as far as the people involved? Or do you think it also played more like a technical role in your development as far as like imagery? Um, yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking so much about the like a kind of technical sensitivity, but more about like a, a emotional sensitivity, mm -hmm. not wanting to um, exploit my mom and dad. Um, and yeah, I think I just like tussled with the ethics of documentary photography or documentary work period. Um, and yeah, I just, I knew that I was doing it out of a place of love and also like, yeah, I just really wanted to have an archive of my, my parents. And then when my dad passed, it really, I, or when my dad was, was sick or like really, really sick before he passed, I had realized like, or grew an uh, even stronger appreciation for the fact that I was so committed to that practice. Um, yeah, and I'd like to offer my condolences. Uh, I came across the photography on your website. It's beautiful. And again, another level of uh, gratitude that I want to express, just the fact that you're willing to share. It's like very powerful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely want to... Um share condolences with you just even outside of like the on an interpersonal sense like yeah but just also just on some like i can understand how someone that has the type of practice that you do that's like embedded in like kind of like monologue and transparency like there's a lot of like um replications of yourself out there and like even just like following you on the internet and seeing uh just the types of images that you choose to share and the context that you choose to give like it's it's i don't know like it it feels weird to have i'm trying to veer off from having too personal of a discussion on the podcast but i do want to say that like it's it's very it's it's very specific and i think that that speaks to your like person development because me and Xavier talk about this all the time like when you do this art shit in this specific way you're so familiar with what it looks like to like you know bullshit or like sell out certain aspects of yourself for monetary achievement or like small moments of affirmation and like with all of these archives that are being collected of our elders and like our community makers and shit like that, like you're always like, hmm, this is really beautiful and gorgeous research, but where is this gonna live? And like, I don't know, I just, I feel that in your images, like even just the ones that you choose to share passively on the internet, I'm like, damn, like. Yeah, right. I was just about to add on to, I was like, even, this, even the stuff that you choose to say that has nothing to do with like that at all, I feel like it's very, intentional and yeah i just want to acknowledge that we see that you're being intentional like yeah, your your director's eye is going crazy like <laughs> like i appreciate i'm curious though um before we talk too much about the work because i'm so interested in just your relationship to making because 
from the outside, I can definitely tell that like you care about aesthetic, like just on a like something like a, like aesthetic and concept in a lot of ways for some people like are like different, like different, like are not different, but they're polar opposites. And when you have makers like you that use aesthetic to get to the more conceptual conversations that they're trying to have, rather it be through like site specificity or like intentionality or even replication or even just like you putting your body into those images. I guess I'm just curious about like, what has that been like? Like work, you work in monologue a lot in your writing practice. You're putting yourself into your images. Like is the you that's in your work, is that you or is that like a hyperbolic lookalike that lives inside of your practice? Like I'm curious about those things. And then the second half of that question is um, for the podcast, me and Xavier were really trying to like make space for this idea of like radically unspecified people. And I thought that it was interesting that she said that a lot of your image making started on like the internet and like blog culture. Cause that's where our relationship to art in general comes from just speaking with other people that have like rather it be niche or like quote unquote, like eclectic interests and getting online and like being able to have like these really productive back and forths. I'm wondering, does that same level of like radically unspecified community learning and like community, like, I guess, engagement, does that still live like in your artistic sphere? And I was hoping if it does, or if it doesn't, could you talk to that as well? Okay, wow, great question. Um, so to begin with the first part of your question about um, the aesthetics versus, or how some people kind of divide aesthetics and um, the concept. Um, I, yeah, definitely am concerned about uh, both in equal measure. Um, and I, hope that my, really my approach to each of them, but I guess, especially with my approach to aesthetics, that it's, it's coming from like, um, purely from, um, I, or at least I'm like, I'm not trying to um, create a kind of beauty for, to satisfy other people. And it's just like, what I, what I find is beautiful, like, I guess the first thing that is coming to my mind is like my most recent prints um, where one of them was a combination of lithograph and silkscreen. And like, I was thinking a lot about different kinds of blacks and I don't know too much about printmaking, but um, I really am so happy with how the print turned out with the lithograph black up against the silkscreen black and those blacks coming together. And, and that was an, an aesthetic concern, but then also at the same time, a conceptual concern um, about being like, just like the beauty of different kinds of black. And then also the way that it was framed was in a, a black mat with a black wooden frame, um, which um, people were concerned about when I talked about wanting to do that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that like it's maybe sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to gather language of exactly why I'm making 
or at least like full language for exactly why I um, am making certain aesthetic or aesthetic decisions. But I, I hope and I try to make them um, uh, paired with uh, the conceptual um, decisions. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've, I, I remember in school, like being very, um, there was this, I think this spirit or idea that being concerned with beauty or being concerned with aesthetics was kind of like um, frowned upon. Like it wasn't, it, it, it's, it's not an intellectual matter to concern, be concerned with beauty or aesthetics, which I think is like, just feels very like, I mean, pretentious is one thing, but it, it just just feels silly to me. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's um, at least my relationship to aesthetics and, and um, you know trying to have a conceptual framework for um, my work. Um, and then your other part of the question about putting my body into my work. And um, if the you is me, or if it's like this hyperbolic uh, me. And I think that it, it depends. I think that in the work um, from, that I made recently where it's the monologue that you're, you're referencing that I wrote and then became this character and then projected this video onto this door. I think that was a hyperbolic version of me. Um, and the process of that um, work came from, I you know, tried to journal almost every day, if not every other day. And part of that monologue came directly from a journal entry that I was, I was thinking about like somebody and desire. And then I just like completely took this like seed of feeling and exaggerated it and made a world. Um, and, you know, no, the monologue is not, I wouldn't say that it's an autobiography or a true story or like my own story, but it is like, it is, the root of it is, is something that has come from me and come from my feelings. So I think in that um, particular piece, it would be like a hyperbolic, you, as you had said, Reggie. But I think that for other things, like um, like maybe some of the self-portraits that are a little bit more, uh, like the self-portrait that was in the show at Roots and Culture of me in the rocks, like that was just, that's me. And, um, I, but I do like to um, think about and um, play with um, this, idea of like um, me being a stand-in for um, maybe something I'm thinking about or something that I'm feeling and it being both personal and hyper hyper specific but hopefully within that hyper specificity it allows room for others to enter into so it's about me but then at the same time not just about me um, like it's about my feeling, but hopefully it's about a world of feeling. Hopefully. Right. Um, and then your other part of the question about the radically unspecified uh, people and community learning, 
Um, I definitely think that's still continuing for me. I think that, um, you know, it's different from when I was maybe a teenager because um, I think, I mean, I was first of all, just so shy. So <laughs> I didn't um, like talk to people in real life that much. Um, but now that, you know, going to art school and being around other people who were interested in, in art, maybe just as much as me and, you know, have, also like coming into myself a little bit more and shedding shyness, um, my community extended into my, you know, personal life as well as online. Um, so I feel like it's, it's still, you know, um, I still learn so much from my immediate community and my peers. And it's, it's something that I like, um, is like one of my greatest joys is to continue to um, build upon that and widen it as much as possible. Um, so yeah, like the, the work, somebody had asked me here recently about like what artists I think about or, or and referencing, I'm like, it's all my friends. Really, all all of the people that are around me. <clears throat> That's awesome. I applaud you for literally. First of all, continuing the path of an artist. I feel like I'm watching so many people kind of beyond just like feeling the bellows of capitalism, whatever that means for them, but just like not feeling as connected or whatever it was that had them doing it in the first place. Like, I feel like, I mean, just before the podcast, we were just talking about how, like, I feel like you really have a mark of an auteur, even though it's not necessarily so, like, uh, conceptual and thought out beforehand. You know, so I feel like that's, I don't know, it's it's inspirational. Like, it's it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. just wanted to note on that um but I also wanted to kind of dive into the world of Freddie June um it's beautiful stuff I don't even know where to start I kind of just got my intro into it most of this morning listening to Gambler and Fool those two is cool but I kind of just want to see where you're at with it before we dive any too specific in any direction yeah um so Freddie June uh, came into existence like in 2015, like a friend of mine that I grew up with, who's a, a music producer, had like, I was just, I had started singing. I mean, I had always been interested or had sang since I was young, but um, because I was so shy, I stopped and then I came back around to it specifically as like a tool to use within my videos. Um, and then I just started to like sing on my own and um, would like make up melodies. And I had just like a bunch of voice memos. Um, and I had sent one to my friend who was interested and then um, they made a song out of it and then had asked me what my name was gonna be. And then I came up with Freddie June from then. And then like a year or so later, I just, um, started to take it a little bit more seriously and continued to like um, just make up songs on, I, I just, I didn't have that piano, but like this 
busted keyboard that my friend found <laughs> garbage and gave me. And then like this you busted ukulele, like just trying to use whatever I could to figure out melody and and composition in a way that felt like simple enough for me um, to do. Um, and yeah, so that just, I, I did that for a while, for like from 2017 into like 2020. And I mean, the urgency of, of making the music really came from after I moved to New York, I didn't have like money. I like was struggling to find a job and I also had like all of my stuff still in Chicago. So I didn't have any of my usual um, materials to make work. Mm. And um, all I had was like my ukulele and, um, and my voice. And so I just started to really make a lot of what was, what like um, became, um, I'll become with the uh, star in glass eye. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I, um, from there, since releasing it, I, I like, um, have thought more about how to continue or, and practice more with um, developing my like musical uh, language and sound um, and am getting ready to perform some of the music for the first time with a cellist um, in a week and a half. <laughs> that is very exciting. Wait, wait. Yeah. Do you want to plug that? Is this like yeah, an open event? Performing? What? It's going to be at Performance Space New York on November 16th at 7 p.m. Me and Dorothy Carlos, um, also an SEIC person or currently an SEIC person, um, are going to be performing a few songs. And are these songs that are present on the? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Two from the the EP from my um, Bandcamp, and then there's one from um, the latter end of a video that I made called Morning Chorus, where I sing about my father, um, and then another like sketchy sort of song. Um, not sketchy, but like a sketch. Yes, yeah, just, just kind of you know first first musings of idea. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, Damn. and then I people. It sounds like it sounds like you've been working a long time. Like I I don't know how to be like oh this is just for someone who started two years ago. <laughs> I mean you mentioned you had you what you heard in the house growing up. Uh, and if any of that type of stuff is what you're listening to now or, you know, just kind of talk about your music taste. Yeah. Um, well, my, my mom and my dad, um, you know, grew up in the 50s, 60s. Um, and so my dad would play just in the car. My parents weren't the type of parents to have like vinyls and like play music. Um, my mom, when she would play music, it would be gospel. Um, so definitely like growing up in the Baptist church, um, was a huge influence. Um, and, um, 
listening to like R&B from the 60s um, and 70s. But really what is the most influential to me is um, jazz, vocal jazz. Um, and that was what really helped me figure out how I like to sing. Um, I really dove really deep into like Carmen McRae and Sarah Vaughn and Betty Carter and Ella Fisher. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just have just been there. Um, and it also, that listening to uh, jazz vocalists is um, what also kind of helps me figure out like images too in a uh, strange and special way. Um, but yeah, that's that's mainly that's like the biggest part. And then I do like you know some folk singers and a lot of um, other like contemporary R and B. Um, like Summer Walker type R and B or I, <laughs> I love contemporary R and B because it's um there are so many different avenues. Yeah, there really is. There really is a lot. Of <laughs> I like to classify that as like a pretty girl vocal. Like it, it feels. I'm not not even going to get into. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> this is the time. You know? But I, 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 theory. I don't look. Look, it's the we're in the age of saying how it is. That's not fair. <laughs> oh my god, no! But there's Summer Walker, and then I also really love like. Charlotte Dos Santos, which I feel like is is another avenue, and Colella and Cinder, obviously, and then Baby Rose, I feel like is the most interesting, uh, or one of the most interesting voices I've discovered in such a long time. She's amazing. Um, and then obviously Jasmine Sullivan is like- Yeah, okay. Yeah. She's been killing it. Um, so yeah, I-, I um, I'm definitely tuned in to um, R&B of today because it's just like there's just so many different kinds. Or they just kind of get latched on and yeah, feel it. So, do you? This is really good. Do you think that uh, your approach to music is like a what's this like? additive process to your visual practice or you, is there a different part of your brain when you start harmonizing and yeah is there like I guess is your approach even remotely similar like is it that same emotional thing and then you kind of expound off of that or you know yeah just I think that the it's kind of similar in, in some ways and then different in others. I think that, um, you know, the connecting thread is that it's coming from like a kind of urgency, um, like either I'm, I'm really confused about something and, and want to make sense of it in some way. And so I grab hold of music or poetry or photo or whatever, that's kind of like, my process in or art practice in general is like a is a salvation. Um, so it it definitely is same in that in that sense of like 
I'm using it as a, a way to either celebrate something, mourn something, make sense of something, um, say something that I feel like is important to say. In terms of like the more technical stuff of like coming up with melodies, um, I, I guess it would, it's a bit, um, I don't know. I, I think it's maybe just a little bit different. Um, but still kind of the same because I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know, I, I'm still thinking of like images when I'm thinking of harmonies and um, melody and, and thinking of a, of a kind of feeling. Um, yeah, I, I resonate with that. I, when I'm trying to figure out like a chorus or something like, I'm definitely trying to put myself or even just imagine a place that or like a feeling or an energy, whatever it is that can embody the sounds I'm looking for yeah. or sounds I'm trying to produce. So I, I definitely know what you mean about that. Mm -hmm. Are you like actively, um, I guess, using your voice as you kind of just, I guess, think about these things or is it like, okay, I, I know what I'm looking for. Let me just now search. Um. I think it, it depends on, I think it's, 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 uh, it's always different. Like sometimes I'll have like a melody in my mind that I'll maybe quickly sing into my phone. Or sometimes I'll have like, for instance, the morning chorus song, like I knew that there was something within me where I, I like wanted to talk about how, where I was in my um, morning for my dad. And I just was like digging, trying to find the language and also the melody and um, made multiple recordings and pieced it all together. And then in the end, was able to find melody and um, language. All right. <laughs> uh, what do I feel like art here is? So I feel like on some serious shit, I feel like art hair is like whatever a specific silhouette is that I can see from the distance. Like, I feel like I, I really noticed it when I started going to more print, like paint bro shows because everybody dresses the same. It's all like Carhartt jackets, but then you see like the like freeform locks to different <laughs> like sculpt sculptural silhouettes. And I'm like, that's blank person. That's blank. I see shit. On some funny shit, I feel like art hair is just like, slightly manageable but like you get it cut in a way where it's like always ready to go but still kind of like yeah. in, in transition like i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to figure it out because i keep i keep like be having hair crises where i'm like i'm gonna wear my afro and then i'll be like trying to do that shit for a minute and then i'll be like damn now i don't you know now i'm late now, I'm, like, it's so many, like, even just, because I always grew up with short hair, so even just, like, the process of, like, actually having to take care of it, like, sit down, like, really detangle, wash it, make sure it's, like, you know, all this shit, like, my appreciation for all the people that, when I was growing up, and they had these big, colorful afros and shit, and when I was, like, 16, has really gone up. I'm like, you guys were really working. Working. On your fucking hair, like... <laughs> Wow. So I have art here? Yeah. It's cute. It's aesthetic. It sits up. Got a nice silhouette going. <laughs> hey, 
thing. So I just wanted to get that on the record. It's on tape. <laughs> no, someone's gonna look back, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, this is during Shayla's blank hair period. <laughs> no, because you know, you know the art historians, we they be finding anything to uh to, match on to with to, to, to everything build and the then some, yeah. Literally to build the string. <laughs> to build the string, bruh. <laughs> Like I be going to residencies, we be having like the you know like the roundtable discussions where you're like getting to know people and stuff. And like you know, I'm fresh out of undergrad, so my relationship to it, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to do this art shit. Like I'm trying to learn. Like, and I'll look over and it'll be like just a veteran. They're like, yeah, you know, I've been traveling for like six months out of the year. I don't have a home. <laughs> do work and shit. And you see them, you know, they yeah. got their silhouette down. They got the shorts, maybe a blazer, maybe <laughs> short combo. Their house is their duffel bag, right? <laughs> Literally, the toolbox has more than the suitcase. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, that was tangent. Tangent is sorry. Okay, but okay, but me and Xavier, I outside we forgot to ask you this earlier but i I wanted to get this on record because i have not been able to find this but can you give us your elevator pitch for the work like what's the like literally (laughs) i'm like you're like it's so mysterious online you click the about page you get born and raised in cleveland blank like (laughs) nothing else like i'm like i'm like okay i'm like i know what i think the work's about but What's or not even what the work's about? Because also, just to put this on record, me and Xavier, for y'all that be listening, like we're 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 trying to move past every like we're trying to move past getting art. Like we've decided that we think that that's weird. Like getting it because I feel like being out of school has really taught me that like so much of it is like the individual relationship to each image, each part, and like you know that because you grow up going to museums and shit without context. But like outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Outside of the context, outside of where you place yourself in the historical canon, like if you meet an elder in a random building and they're like, hmm, I like your art here. Are you an artist? What do you do? Like, what, <laughs> like, like what, what is the, what's the elevator pitch? Um, well, I guess I would have to begin by saying that practice is a means of salvation. It is Um, how I'm able to survive both spiritually and um, quite literally. Um, And in terms of conceptually, what do I make work about? It is whatever is, you know, I'm curious about, but I think it all, the connecting thread has to do with like my positioning as a black femme queer person, and then also my history as that. Um, and then I use my positioning as and my experience of life to make sense of on both a macro and micro scale of, of life, the life around me and then just the world at large. Um, and I do so by um, singing, writing, both uh, writing textual companions to, to photographs, personal essays, uh, poetry, writing the music, photography, video making, and filmmaking. Yeah, true to it. Not <laughs> new to me. I was just about. To, I was just about to say. Shayla said, "Yeah, I do this for real." <laughs> <laughs> this 
not arts and crafts. This is real. <laughs> oh my god. Because a lot of people do this for play play. So it's like, you know, that's fine. There's, <laughs> okay. a, there's a space for that. Yeah, here you, you know? go. It's red. Oh my god. But <laughs> there's also a dedicated space for those like yourself who's really doing it. And I feel like to a degree that I feel like literally Reggie just kind of going into it, but another aspect of this is like, like, I feel like it's different when there isn't a standard, like the standard is yourself. Mm-hmm. And that that's why I feel like I've kind of grown myself into and less about, you know what I mean, what others are doing or like, even this idea of canon as an artist and trying to place myself somewhere like, I'm, and maybe that's just an extension of like what I think is cool and what I think artists should be doing, but like, wait, yeah, what is cool and what do you think artists should be? Just doing? the having your own standard that you care about, and it's not necessarily so concerned about a mainstream thing that's going on, or even like a super specific thing that's going on. That you know, of course, we're all into our own things, but it's another thing to be like, no, like, like for example something I'm doing musically, it could be laborious, arduous, and like, I could be putting a lot of research into it, but it could have nothing to do with what other people are doing musically, like, at least sonically. So, I, and I feel like I'm getting that from your shit. I don't know if you resonate with that, but... Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Shayla's, Shayla's true to it. Shayla said, I am a wondering philosopher, and I <laughs> as my avenue to communicate but also like i don't know i just want to acknowledge though like all jokes aside that i do think it's really important that you're like maintaining a continuity in your meditations i feel like there's a lot of space these days for uh what's the word i want to use curiosities um and like that's really awesome but to the extent that like we do live in capitalism and we are participating in a larger international relationship to image making like i think that there's like a lot of things to be said about makers that are like tapping into the tradition not necessarily the culture like i think that there's a cultural form of like being an artist that has a lot to do with like yeah like either money or context like i think this is why like hella people at art school ruin it for them they forget that like the school, like any other institution, has a pedagogy. And like, if you are unwilling to approach it with nuance, it can be super confining and like disability. It feels restrictive and it's not really what it is. But, you know, it's it's makers like, and that's kind of like, I don't know, it's so funny, like a lot of the points that you said about your inspiration, whether you know it or not, like are some of the things why we even started this podcast. Like we and Xavier approached it, we were like, we're kids that grew up on blogs. And because of that, because our relationship to learning things was through this really intimate format of basically being put on by a stranger on the internet. Like you build like this deep intimate care for like these mediums, not even necessarily like what you can do with it, but it's like, what am I interested in? Like just this curiosity and like, yeah, I don't know. I, I meet artists all the time who are uncurious and like feel, I don't know, like, objectified and like are tired and like it's hard to not be in that path so i just really just want to commend you like xavier said for like staying in your like practice not only as like 
an aesthetic and conceptual pursuit, but like art is life and like art as a way of like processing the world and like managing your emotions. Like, I think all of us, just from what I know, can say that mental illness, like as just one entry point, is just enough for me to push on art's necessity on a societal tip. Like, y'all be cranking that music when you want to feel something. That's not, that's by design, you know? Like, it's by design that that chair is comfortable to you, that that building, like, interests you. And, like, those types of considerations, I think, are, like, just deeply, like, poetic because they acknowledge that, like, you know, like, we're human. Like, we have taste. I tell Xavier all the time, I think, like, I love super aesthetic shit, not because, like, it's, like, edgy or, like, it can be really campy at time. But even if I'm not into it, I'm like, this gives people agency to have opinions, you know? Yeah. Like, it gives people the space to do that. Um, I mean, even just to live, like, what the fuck else is going on if without us, bro? Like, really? <laughs> I am curious, though, um, if you could speak to, I guess, like, we've talked a lot about how you employ intentionality not only through your body and aesthetic choices in the work but maybe just with some of the the way you use your voice like you're a singer so I know that tone and even just like tonally like your work is in not even in a grayscale like your your work is like chromatically like muted but it's not like it's not it's not Dawube it's not black it's not trying to you know, like give people shadows and silhouettes to project into. It still does that because, you know, you're a real human. But like, I guess I'm just curious, like when you're approaching um, your videos that are often like overlaid with you speaking, you speaking over yourself, you cutting yourself off, these like different moments of abrasion, but they're all cathartic for you, I'm assuming, because they're all you. Like, I'm just wondering what place those types of intentions, like how you've been coming into your voice, finding your voice, being comfortable with having your voice recorded. Um, and then like, yeah, what personality do you think your practice at the point that it is now is like pushing out there in the world? Like, cause as someone that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that isn't familiar with the version of yourself as a maker, as you like, cause I, I met you in undergrad as you were on your way out, you know? So there was a certain level of refinement that was already associated with your work and shit. I, I just don't assume that you just woke up, or maybe you did just wake up one day and you're like, you're like, yeah. Nice. I'm nice at this shit. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> just salt. <laughs> the little... Because literally, I mean, I feel like people who are really like passionate, I'm used to be passionate. They kind of take up interest in get really good at those things that they choose to do. And yeah, kind of just jumping off of Reggie's thing. Is it like, is it that? Is it more of an experimental drive or is it like, no, I'm, I'm really fucking with this specifically. And it may seem like a lot of things, but really it's just those things that I care about. Is it, or is it something totally you know, different from that? Um, okay. I wrote your question. Um, so my tone of voice and how I like uh, choose to use it in my videos, um, I guess like also the confidence of um, using my voice in that way um, came from like reading um, 
these sort of like poetic essays, I guess, that I had written for the videos. And um, I had always wanted to act and perform. Um, and again, I was like, uh, was very shy and so didn't do it when I was younger, but found my way to it. Um, and I think in just like uh, either having voiceovers or um, I think in the very first video installation I made, it was um, in 2015 and it was three voices, one who was um, reciting this hand clapping chant that I had created and then another voice uh, who was like yelling one part of the chant over and over. And then it was my voice that was like uh, singing the chant and then also getting into some like poetic uh, monologue, brief monologue. Um, and that is also where I like um, started to um, cut images in this way that you were talking about Reggie of like zooming in on the mouth and um, at first, the decision was just that, like, I was really, I knew that I wanted to create this, like, cacophony of sound, like, have these three mouths um, fill up a room and, and like, swallow um, someone that had felt swallowed by what I was um, thinking about um, when I was making the work and wanted to try and communicate that sensation of like feeling um, uh, taken hostage by a kind of feeling and a, and a sound. Um, and so, yeah, it just was like, yeah, I think I want to zoom in on the mouth. And then um, I remember I had made it for class and um, my teacher had showed um, the documentation of a play, Not I, by Samuel Beckett, where it's just one mouth reciting this monologue um, behind the curtain. And I just was like so obsessed. And then from there on, I just continued to focus in on the mouth. Because um, I also liked that um, you would be able to see like First of all, you would be able to really pay attention to, or at least I had hoped that people would really be able to pay attention to the sound and the words that were coming out of the mouth, but then also like to, to see like how whatever mouth it was, was deciding to say a kind of word and, and literally how it would look when it came out of their mouth and like the bubbles. All the micro expressions and yeah, like even if it's just spit or... Yeah, I loved it. And then it's also like kind of sensual. Like I do think that like I am really attracted to like a kind of sensuality and intimacy. Um, so that's where it started. And then um, I just kind of stuck with that. And I, I think that with my like recent work from the past like four or five years of like making more autoethnographic work. Um, it just kind of felt like another way of like a self-examination, like zooming in on the eye or zooming in on the mouth or, um, you know, maybe not, or focusing on, um, like in one film I talked about how 
I wake up with scratches on my skin and, and talking about my, my nails and just really like trying to um, be hyper specific about um, my body parts and how that can maybe connect, I think, to um, something much larger, like a neurosis and anxiety and what that anxiety also communicates, like my experience in the world. Um, and so what personality do I feel like my practice has? Um, that's a good question. I feel like I would need to think more about that, but I think my initial response is, um, is someone uh, or a personality that is, is highly curious and is always like questioning and searching for something. Um, and I'd say I, I feel that, especially in you know, a lot of your video stuff. Like I, I, I certainly feel that. Yeah, or at least a, a, I hope um, that that's what the personality is, and and not. I'm not really interested in like um, theorizing in this way where it's like um, I'm, or at least like I'm 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 giving people theories or like or very pronounced muse or theory, theories about something. It's just like, these are these, these are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm thinking about. And I think that it's maybe related to this and that. And I'm also seeing this and these patterns and da 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 da, da. And I think, I believe that something is here. I may be wrong, but I really feel that something's here and I'm gonna share it. And that's it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in like convincing people of like, no, this is what it is. This is what it is because I have these notes and I and I did the formula and it's actually da 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 because I actually don't know. Yeah. But I, I think that like there's something here and nobody can argue with me about that. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. And um, then the other question about um <clears throat> yeah i think that it's with my work it, it is just like it purely is coming from like yeah this is what i'm curious about this is what i'm thinking about and and um like yeah that's all that it is and sometimes i get like kind of or maybe when i was like a few years ago i was like embarrassed by that because um like, it's not like I spend my days reading theories or whatever. Like, no, it's just I spend my days, like, thinking about my day <laughs> and thinking about the world. And nah, that that's what makes me real. Like, because, bro, that's, uh, I'm not even, I'm not even going to do this right now. But <laughs> to the people listening, just listen closely, okay? It's not, it's not about what you think it's about. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I'm a person, you know what I mean? This label, I'm not even going to, but... Yeah. I, I mean, you, like, I, I think it's, like, just for context, Xavier goes on a tangent about the state of cultural aestheticism every fucking episode. <laughs> I don't know. Should. So that, but I think... This, <laughs> it's true, bro. That shit is hilarious. I mean, like, nigga, damn. But also, talk your shit. Like, it's just like, bro... We got this. I mean, the platform, whatever this platform is, it's it's like what? No, it's 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 similar. It's weird. Like, I, mean, I just feel like I'm a. This isn't a question. This is a question, but it's going to be said as a statement, Shayla. Just, but 
me and Xavier, we, we talked so much about how, like, uh, I feel like, I don't, maybe it's because, like, the working artists or artists of studio practice is, like, a cultural, like, trend right now. But I feel like a lot of folks see it outside of, like, any other trade. Like, I, I really do see art working, like, any other profession. I think, like, a sommelier or even a carpenter can have the same relationship to their practice and the level of consideration, like I just feel like that's right. No, 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 no. Oh, right, like the the plumber nigga isn't in the plumbing books all fucking day. That's what he does. He 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 did the studies at some point, literally. But it's, it's, it's not cool. And like, if it needs to be reinforced and updated, like I definitely think there are things like something I've been learning a lot recently as I've been trying to read again more often. It's like like I'm like, damn, like you really can find more vocabulary about yourself just through about reading about other people. Like, that shit's, that shit's cool. It's, it's points of reference. You're like, wait a minute. This kind of sounds like what I've said about myself the other day. What I felt well, the a year ago, literally. Somebody gaslighted it made me feel like that was something nobody felt. You know? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's also a level to this shit as, as Black people. You know, I'm not... I mean, it's a level, it's a person to person thing. There's a problem with that, but like, there's a whole other thing, man, in the room where it's like, oh, y'all trying to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Or like, yeah. y'all trying to act like. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, like why? Talking about exactly. Exactly. So it's it's nuanced, but, you know, I want to be cognizant of time also. I also wanted to ask, like. Well, no, no, I had a question. I had a question. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Go ahead. Look at that. But it, <laughs> but I was going to ask, like, what has that, um, I guess, interrogation of figuring out where you want to be at, where you want the work to exist at, who are you willing to, like, be in conversation with been like for you? Like, you're like, um, and for those of y'all that don't know, Shayla is getting a MFA right now or in the process. Or for, no, you're not. You dropped it. OK, well, Shayla was at school. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say this on the record for y'all that don't know me. Like, we all know institutions are resources. Don't think that you need the plaque for the resources, y'all. Just don't put that out Especially there. if you're really about this. If you're really, really about this, you... Talk to the people. But, but the question makes even more sense now that that's, like, a program out of, because I've been dealing with that, like, a lot recently, like, just in traveling and meeting different types of art workers. Like, and not even artists, but art workers. Like, people who work in the field and actually have paychecks, like for the shit, like, what has it been like trying to find, like, you know, your home that's not just your studio? Like, what has it been like, um, that journey of, like... Um, like, trying to find a home for the work or trying to find a home for me to create the work? Uh, are they separate for you at this point in time? I don't think so. I think, um... Yeah, I, I would have to echo what you just said about institutions. I do think that they can be used as resources, but I don't believe in like you um, needing to rely on an institution to bring you anywhere at all. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's something that you want to do to gain access to things to help you make your work, that's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't think that a relationship to an institution should define you at all, because institutions don't believe in people, especially Black people, and so on and so forth. Um, and so mm, I think that my practice has always been like, you know, it's still kind of, 
you know, very much uh, like out of the bedroom. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't think my practice has really changed that much from when I was like trying to figure things out when I was like 13, 14, living at home and like exploring, you know, this program my sister found on the internet or something like that. I don't really think that it's evolved. Uh, or, I mean, I do think that it's evolved in terms of like um, me getting to know myself and understanding my voice and um, what I'm interested in. But I think that the, the, the root is still there. Like I love to work at home and um, or wherever I'm, I'm living. And I do believe that I can find a way to make work no matter where I'm at, no matter where I am. And in terms of like goals for the work, um, I don't know. I think that I'm also kind of like at a point now where I'm really just thinking about in general, like the kind of life that I want to live. And I think that when I was younger, I was very much like a part of the whole hustle attitude and like had these like crazy ass dreams of um wanting to be in this and wanting to have this by this age and I kind of feel released from all of all of that and I think it is because of the year that I had and like um like being sick and and like having my mental health really 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 struggle and um I think that taught me so much about like um what I want from my life and I think that I'm already doing what I wanted like I'm just I'm still able to make work I think that like in terms of like maybe if I have more ambitious dreams of like you know like I really want to make a huge video installation with puppets and I, I would need some money for that and I would need some people to help me with that and so to y'all listening okay <laughs> Studio and I hope this isn't too much of a projection, but I <laughs> Reggie will tell you, I jump when I see greatness, I jump to the moon immediately. <laughs> Netflix, if you listening, you need better eyes, bro. What's really? you know what I'm saying? Like start a new division. Can we get a I mean sculptures focus installation side of Netflix? Do we gotta be all but you know, sorry the to danger, cut you off. That, see, look. It's free game. All right, wait, no, Shayla, I'm going to ask you, because I did not let Xavier ask this question. And I was going to ask you to kind of just talk about if doing a feature or anything like that type of big commercial thing would even be, you know, obviously there's a financial aspect to it because, you know, Netflix got the money, the bag, and they will be giving it to you if they ask for your help. So... <laughs> Um, but creatively, is that even like something you even thought about? Like, do you even have, you know, wait, anything? Wait, have you ever Netflix particular or just a feature length? Or not not Netflix specific, not Netflix specific, you know, but just literally, you know, they're ready for to get Shayla on some direction for their, <laughs> you know, their next big film. Are you are you thinking about worlds like that longer? Absolutely. longer formats yeah i had when i um i think i'm at a, a completely different um position in, in terms of like what i what narrative i'm interested 
and because of the last couple of years that I had. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when I was uh, doing this whole MFA pursuit, it was first as like I was going to use it as a way to gain access to like um, tools and people to make a film. Um, and I didn't get into film school, <laughs> so I went to Bard. Um, but then I dropped out of Bard. But um, yeah, so it is definitely something that I'm interested in, in both like directing and acting in and writing. Um, I would love to have like a mini series or and a film, but I think that like um, I don't have like a a treatment or a script in my back pocket anymore. Um, like the things that I was interested in, I don't, I'm not really passionate about any longer, but um, definitely, yeah, I would love. And what about more of a, I guess, I mean, obviously that's your baseline, but like I was going to ask director of photography, cinematography, more of just like focusing more on the visual aspect, or is it so connected to, I guess, what you want to say verbally, like very literally? Um, I did, I used to really want to be a cinematographer. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think that I'm, I'm happy with like being behind the camera for more like experimental, like fine art kind of things. Granted, I've never like worked on a traditional film shoot. Production type. Production or anything like that, but it's just like it just seems so like big and annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I, I I also feel like it doesn't have to be that way, and you can make it through. Yeah, it's it's definitely nuanced. Like but, that's why you know just that's why I ask on the creative tip because I know there's like other concerns. You know, like in the I guess in a perfect world where you do have creative freedom and the production house or like larger studio is actually, I guess, lenient and gives you space. But it sounds like that's a yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, sure. if, I had to, if I had the opportunity, like, to work with the, whatever, Netflix or HBO or something like that, and I also was, like, had agency and was able to um, come up with my own crew, and my own way of working and that is not exploitative and crazy like what you hear of these film sets mm-hmm. and also have like license full license over my story and yeah absolutely okay and my uh i guess my last question i kind of have is is there any like people or any movement ideas that after you're gone, you want people to associate yourself with or remember you for just as an artist, as a person, is there, do you think about like your life after death, I guess? And not like in a, your consciousness way, but I guess in how others are remembering what you were. Oh, goodness. What a huge question. <laughs> That question thick. I could only hope. What is it? Is it Toni Morrison that said like people don't remember what you did, but they remember how you made them feel or something like that? Yeah, that sounds. That yeah. sounds like yeah. 
I think you know it, it, it would be cool for people to um, remember or think about my work or talk about my work, but I guess I'm like I am more concerned about like hopefully I will now regarded as someone who is like you know um, kind and generous. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I don't have any control. I don't know. Um, I would only hope that like, you know, that my work, my work is something that helps me um, think about life and survive life. And I would only hope that it can, it does that now for other people and that it continues to in the wake of my, yeah. I just want to say, Shayla, I don't know if it's fun. Thank you. But, uh, I don't know if it's a, a a sag thing. I don't know if it's a thing, but like Xavier can bet this. Half the answers you say to the majority of these questions are literally what I be responding to these questions. So I'm really shook. I don't really be, I really like, I'm really. Yeah, I'm kind of stunned by just the, I don't know, the attunement, you know, it speaks to, it speaks to a lot of what we talking about, but it also speaks to like, I don't know. I believe in things happening for a reason. Yeah, because, like, it's just it's so present. Like, I feel like there's nothing that you mentioned today that, like, can't be interpreted from the work with a little bit of, like, critical thinking skills and intentional listening. And, like, I feel like that's the point. Like, I feel like there's so many, like, abundant varies variables that you can project into, like, in the practice alone. And just hearing about you talk about it, I love that that neutrality to like the viewer and the clear objectiveness that like this is a pursuit of your curiosity you know what i'm saying you can come along you can project them we can talk about it but like everything else like that is a labor of love like it needs a certain level of empathy compassion and generosity to even be engaged with and that's just some shit that i believe in in like image making in general so it's just <laughs> super affirming that somebody like to your caliber is standing in that shit like caliber caliber i say well i, I say caliber i want to say this on record not to describe hierarchy but to describe like the comfortability to even communicate those things because like a lot of this shit like i people say to me all the time they're like reggie like how do you feel about um what do you say like image image making not the work but like you know people be image making themselves like on the internet and shit like as business like mm -hmm. and shit and I always tell them it's crazy because like i don't since i don't spend too much time thinking about it everything comes off as like a shoulder shrug or like blase but like anybody that knows me knows that like i spend all my time journaling and like like spending time with myself thinking about shit and it's good to know that there's other outlets um for people that are tapped into that same mood that aren't directly capitalistic you know what i'm saying like i got the chance to see your i believe it was like was that your first solo show or like your second my first okay right. do you want to give for people that didn't you want to give them a little context about um the show before i talk about it or would you rather me just like talk about it sure i can give a little okay uh, yeah, it was a show that opened in the beginning of june at chart gallery called the 251 and 251 is a um common uh, chord progression used in a lot of pop music and R&B, but in particular in jazz. And I learned about it um, when I was taking jazz piano lessons with a friend of mine. 
um, and we were, um, I was learning Misty by Errol Garner, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and um, yeah, the way that my piano teacher had described it was that Errol Garner um, uses it in Misty as a way to, um, the two chord is like your home base, and then the five chord is like a departure, or feels, sounds like a departure, and then the one chord is supposed to feel like you've returned home, but it's, you know. Slightly altered, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was so beautiful and um, felt like it was connected to what I was thinking about at the time and continue to think about in terms of like, you know, my experience of um, thinking about like the politics of desire, thinking about love, practice of love, and then thinking about and being in grief um, and thinking that there is some interconnection of all three of those experiences and it having to do something about a kind of departure of home and then finding home again, but in a new position. So there was photographs and, and a, a few videos and that's it. Hmm. Well, for those of you that missed it, I was there. Let me stop. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Frill, let me just say one, it was gorgeous solo first exhibition and like, yeah. I, I think what I stepped away from when I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of months, just and even before inviting you to do this, is just the way that continuity and consistency like are just like one, just on some human shit, just super productive. Like if y'all can tap into some form of discipline, y'all listening, that shit is tight. Cause that's that's recent for me. That's the that's the last couple of years. Like even just having a sleep schedule, mm-hmm. y'all is productive. But on the work side of that, I guess I'm curious with, you know, I was thinking like the first thing I thought about when I entered the gallery and for context, Xavier, the exhibition space, there was one on the top floor and then one on the second floor. Mm -hmm. And you enter in these steps, it's black painted walls. The work is like not the, the work isn't even necessarily like adorn, like the frames are super simple. The light is super like succinct. And then to the right of you, you have this video installation. And it made me think a lot about uh, Jack Whitten, like for like just on the tools of the woodshed, it's just like letters from the woodshed, it's just fresh in my brain. I'm thinking about like, you know, just like we've already acknowledged that you have a clear idea or if not a clear idea, you have, you're building the vocabulary around the type of maker that you want to be. I guess I'm curious with you being in the art market, because that was a gallery like represented show. Like, what does that look like as far as you keeping your own agency and your own like personhood in that realm? And I think that's just the last question that I want to land on. Like, are you I know that just based off, you know, we said is we gonna be ourselves, but I'm curious on the business tip, like, what is that like for you with such intimate work about yourself, about your family, about your thoughts, like navigating this bureaucracy like and still trying to get paid because i know you're not trying to like give them free shit like you're trying to tap into this specific type of space so just if you can give some advice to us younger makers and folks that are listening or even just share your experience of that before we go oh my goodness i think it's something that i'm still learning um and um 
thankful to have people in my community and peers that are more experienced than me and I lean on them heavily to um, ask about what is appropriate because I think that yeah because of the work and it's so personal like but I do want to get paid but it feels like I don't know I like have a lot of issues that I need to work out in in terms of like um like whatever self-worth or um navigating like um the business side of this but so I don't I don't know um I think that my immediate advice would be just to, if there are like mentors or anybody that you can reach out to that has a little bit more experience to ask them. Um, Cause that's something that I'm still continuing to do. The work that was sold was sold to people in my community. Um, so, um, and which made me feel good to know that it was going to people um, that I knew and um, appreciated the work um so but I, yeah i can't speak for like what it's it's like to you know have like work sold to people that i don't know I, I don't know it's just it's it's such a like weird thing to think about and to regard your work in, in that way of like you know a commodity but you have to if like you know you're playing this game being in the art market um but I don't know. I guess like I also am trying to tell myself like um, to not get or to ground myself is to like remember what I'm doing this for and like I make the work because I need to um, spiritually. Like it's something that I enjoy to do and it's something that um, you know makes it so that I'm able to survive every day. Now, it's something that I want to do all the time, and I do have bills to pay, and I also, like, um, want nice things. <laughs> Admittedly, I want a nice couch, and I want, you know, to frame work that my friends have given me. All right. Um, I do need to make money, and, and so part of it is to kind of, it's, like, ugly and thinking about the business side of things. But I really, I don't know, I, I, it's... It's something I'm still so much at the beginning of thinking about and navigating. And so I don't really have too much, like too much to say that is maybe that helpful, except like, I don't know. I'm trying not to get like wrapped up in, in the whole thing. I don't know. Well, we appreciate your honesty. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like everybody is dealing with that. That's making like interpersonal work to a certain extent, because it'd be feeling weird as hell. Like, that's my tip, like, just on the imagery, the, like the optic of selling like this random old ass person, an image of one of my aunties feels dark to me. I'm like, I don't know. But also like, I made it in a specific context and it would be like, kind of- Where for you to act like you- To act like- doesn't ha Don't have that too. Yeah, I don't know. But thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Seriously, it was a like, pleasure. It was like awesome. And also, this was like our first time recording one of these episodes in a really long time. And I just like, I love that we got to share like us tapping back in uh, to tapping into your practice. Um, and for you guys that like aren't familiar with Shayla's practice, that's freddy.june on Instagram. And then your website, I believe it's like smile. Yes, S-M-I-L-L. 
smillelle.co. Sorry. <laughs> and that will be like linked in the description under the podcast. Yes. But thank you and so that's much. With, and that's Shayla Miller, S H A L A M I L L E R. Okay. If you heard it on the pot, y'all know it's flame. <laughs> go digest. Okay. If you're in New York, try to go to an opener. Yeah, literally. I know y'all listed. Go, go see that. <laughs> but yeah. But thank you again so much. Seriously. It was a, this is like, I knew it was going to be good, but it's been great and literally so great to have you as our first one back into this whole mess. Thank you so much.